0: It's the Zero Lives Left podcast episode... Sixty. Welcome to the Zero Lives Left Podcast. What is it you have always wanted to do? Are you stuck going around in circles? Sound familiar? Maybe you have always wanted to start a business. Maybe there is a particular career path you have wanted to follow. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring insight from someone who has done it, how they did it, along with actionable tips on how you can make it happen. Now, here's your host, Wayne Denner. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast. Happy 60th to the Zero Lives Left podcast. Who would have thought of it a couple of years ago when I kicked off this podcast that we would now be in episode 60. Don't get me wrong, it's been hard work, it has taken commitment, it has taken perseverance, but I am still here talking to a whole range of fantastic guests Right across the world who've given up their time to share their journey with you, the listeners. So we are incredibly grateful for our guests, but also I am incredibly grateful for you, the listener, to still be tuning into this podcast. I really do appreciate it and I hope you will continue To join me and to stick with me on this journey as we both try to grow and develop. But as always, if this is your first time coming across this podcast and you have absolutely no idea what it's all about, maybe you've seen something pop up on social media, a very warm welcome to you. But let me give you a quick rundown on how things work around here. Each episode, we bring you no nonsense, real, right to the point podcast banter on business career and life maybe you're somebody who's always wanted to start a business maybe you're already in business Maybe you're looking to get started in a particular career path. Maybe there's something, a topic or an area that you're interested in and you'd like to find out a little bit more information about that particular topic, that conversation or indeed something that's taking place and happening in our lives wherever we are across the world. This is the podcast for you. You have come to the right place and I'm delighted that you're joining me here today. As always, if you're listening to this podcast, over on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio or Allcast. Please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Ratings and reviews, believe it or not, are really important and they do help people find out about the show. So if you can leave me a rating and a review, I would really appreciate it. We have a packed episode coming up for you today In the past two weekends, I have been over at the EU Commission in Brussels. Learning all about the citizens panels. What are the citizens panels and how do they make a difference for the people across Europe? So I spent some time uh, last weekend and the weekend before uh, taking part uh, and observing the EU citizens panel on the virtual worlds and also learning mobility. So I'm delighted to be featuring that on This episode of the podcast, I'm also joined by Dolores, who was also taking part in the uh, press trip with myself last weekend, and she's going to be sharing her insights and her thoughts on the citizens panel and we're also going to hear from an EU representative explaining what the citizens panel is all about much better than I could explain it and we are going to hear from one of the Irish citizens who took part in last week's learning mobility citizens panel. All right Wayne let's not waste any more time and get right in to episode 60 of the zero lives left podcast. Over the past two weekends, I was invited to Brussels for the European Citizens Panel on Virtual Worlds and Learning Mobility, which took place at the EU Commission on the 23rd and 30th of April. Now, coming up later on this episode, we are going to hear from one of the EU officials explaining what the Citizens Panel is all about and its objectives, and I also get the chance to have a chat with one of the Irish citizens taking part. Now last year there were a number of conversations that took place to look at how to get citizens in Europe more involved in the decisions that are being made about their future. So over the past couple of months they have been holding citizens panels on a range of different issues from food waste to the future of cities in Europe. Now, my visit was one which was looking at the virtual worlds and learning mobility. And what they do is they invite 150 citizens picked randomly from every demographic and walk of life to go to Brussels over two weekends with one virtual meetup. Now, the participants discuss and come up with a series of recommendations, which include how will AI be policed? whether we should have a unified police force that works across borders to help tackle crimes that happen online, as well as what will life look like in the virtual world and making sure it's accessible for all with no one being left behind. Now, other recommendations on the virtual worlds included teacher training and digital tools to allow teachers to upskill and gain the digital skills and education Through continuous professional development needed to have conversations with young people about online safety, cybersecurity, and AI. Free access to information about digital tools and virtual worlds for all EU citizens and the creation of a harmonized training for work in the virtual world. Regular review of existing and relevant EU guidelines on the virtual worlds. A green virtual world with renewable and transparent. Energy. Now, all in all, in the virtual world's citizens panel, there were 23 recommendations, which all had to be voted on with all of the 23 actually getting supported. Now, all recommendations that came from the citizens panel will now be attached to any further conversations and legislation which actually follows and comes down the tracks. Now, the aim of the citizens panel is to empower people to be involved or get involved in the decisions that impact everyone across Europe. Now, the second trip was the EU citizens panel on learning mobility, which again is a new phase on citizen engagement. Some of the 21 recommendations being put forward by the citizens included improved language learning through new technologies ambassadors for a more mobile europe and the development of an eu program to promote hybrid learning mobility for all employees now joining me on this episode of the podcast is dolores andrews from galway who joined me on this fantastic press trip dolores Thank you so much for taking time out today to join me on this episode of the podcast to catch up.
1: How are you doing, Wayne? Well, thank you for having me. Delighted to catch up with you after such an exciting weekend we had in Brussels with all this wonderful uh, learnings we had. And, you know, seeing these innovative uh,
0: citizens panels really working. It was great. It was a phenomenal experience. It really was, Dolores was fantastic. And thank you for listening through all of my intro there because I was there for two weekends. I was there for the virtual worlds, which was completely right up my street with all of the online safety work that I do in schools and colleges. So it was really interesting to hear some of those really specific recommendations that were focusing on the importance of digital tools and training for teachers and how we police the metaverse. But you were there for the learning mobility uh, citizens panel. Can you tell me how did that come about? How did you end up there? Yeah,
1: sure. You know, um my in my world, I'm a I'm a coach and a wellness trainer. So when I got the opportunity and I saw the call out for looking for people, you know, to go on this media trip around that whole topic, I put myself forward because It's something that, um, you know, this whole idea of of citizens having a say on such an important topic of learning. So that's how I got here. I put myself forward and I got picked. And, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in relation to the work I do is the the whole idea around belonging. And two words that, of course, are hugely important in the whole area around belonging are inclusion and diversity. And what better way to see at such a high level of going over to the European Commission, at these, this whole idea of the citizens panel being so inclusive, uh, you know, including people from all 27 member say, states and the diversity of people and what that brought to the table was such a huge learning and phenomenal to see at first hand how, you know, the people of Europe can feel like they belong to something more than they experience first hand, you know, like being on the panels. And then also for us to report, you know, it makes other people realise that They too can have their say, should they wish to in the future by various other means of important topics that come up on an everyday basis.
0: And I think that word inclusion, Dolores, is really important. And that was something that would come up time and time again uh, over the weekend. Uh, And it also came up in the uh, panel press point that we had. I remember the word inclusion actually being mentioned and it's so important, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And united in diversity is actually the motto of the European Union. So inclusion and diversity are very much spoken about together these days. And in fact, when we did have that um, opportunity to ask questions, it was something that that myself as being someone that worked in this area brought up that huge, huge inclusion piece, because inclusion is huge. You know, it's it's um, it's something that is fundamental to feel like we are included and included at such a high level, I guess, around this area. But, you know, this is, as I said already, it's a fundamental need we have to feel included. And it's only then really that we can develop confidence to go forward and do whatever we want in our life. So these are huge. These are huge for the ordinary people because it's such a diverse range of people. It's people from all walks of life. And that's what's so wonderful. It's not just people that are in higher education that came to speak about learning mobility. It was students. It was people that were teachers and people from all different socioeconomic backgrounds, phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And that's really important to note. The demographic of the people who were there was, was quite diverse. Um, and as you said, there were people from all walks of life who were there, there was young, there was older, and it was great to have people sitting around the table and having those conversations. Now we were luckier on this trip than the previous trip that I went on the week before where we were actually able to sit in Dolores and hear some of these recommendations being developed. Um, we were able to move around some of the different rooms and and really see the formation of how the recommendations came about that were then presented on the, the Sunday. And how did you find that experience?
1: Oh, that was that was really phenomenal, <laughs> you know, as you say. And also it allowed for us to see, you know, it's not just something that we hear. Oh, yes, people get, you know, get to have their say. They really did. And the, the whole idea that the people that were representing the the panels and their countries they, it could be all very transparent because there were interpreters in the room so it was people from France talking in French which allowed the interpreter to, to say exactly what they were trying to say because of course all different cultures you know people from Greece everywhere in Europe Slovakia Czech Republic they could all give their say in a very in a way that was very transparent because the interpreters were interpreting for all of us that spoke English or whatever so That was one huge piece I thought was brilliant because sometimes in interpretation, the message can get lost and the core message of what the person is trying to say can, you know, if somebody didn't have, you know, uh, French as their first language or English as their first language, it was just great that all those interpreters from representing each language were there as well in the whole room. And it was great. It was great to see the process. And it was great to see people, you know, not afraid to hold back and to really give their opinions. And in a very safe place, because at the recommendation stage, that's what they were doing. They were discussing it and thrashing out ideas before then, as you say, it being brought the following day then to be voted on all these recommendations. So, yeah, I loved that experience.
0: And I think that's important as well, that, you know, everyone who was there were representing their country um, and they were mixed up in a sense, in terms of they were put in different groups. Um, so you were working with participants, maybe from Germany or Spain, Croatia, or some other uh, EU state. Uh, and you were having to, uh, to to get your point across uh, in order to form that recommendation. So there was a series of debates going on. People were, you know, trying to get their particular opinion across so that collectively they could come up with a recommendation, which was going to be suitable or a recommendation that was going to be applicable for as wide a demographic of people as possible, factoring in even younger people and indeed older people. And that was one of the things I loved about the citizens panel. It was the diversity of people that were there, particularly even on our press trip, Dolores. You know, we were getting to meet with people from all across Europe. We were getting to have conversations. We were building networks. You know, they were asking about, you know, different things that are happening in our country. And we were exploring things that were happening in their country. So for those of us who are part of the media trip, there was a huge amount of learning for us as well.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think I loved the, um, when we had our introduction the, on the Friday night, you know, after traveling there, we all traveled, obviously, various different times and arrived at various different times, but we had an introduction briefing and you know, the friends that 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 I met that night, it was great because then the following morning when we started the journey of going into the European Commission offices and and you know we had we we knew the people that were there and yes I got to meet people from all walks of life uh, be they journalists or involved in learning or whatever other area that was phenomenal as you say because yes you know I, I have made friends now in Bulgaria I we're connected in on LinkedIn and I've seen Spain and from other countries and it's great because I thought we have a common interest as well um, and so yes very important for us as well that we now have um colleagues in other parts of the world in other parts of Europe that we can connect with and share ideas in the future should we wish to.
0: Absolutely. Now let's talk about the Sunday at the EU Commission building in Brussels. Um I mean for for me the first time I went there it was fantastic to absolutely you know to be able to go in and experience kind of what this environment looks like, what the setting looks like. You know, you can see it's a huge room. You've got a a huge booth of interpreters right across the back wall. You put on your headphones, you see everybody filtering into the room. I think we were there from about 8.30 in the morning. So we were there quite early to get our seats, to get comfortable, to get relaxed, to familiarize yourself with the surroundings, before the citizens actually arrived and by nine o'clock 9 15 there was a unbelievable buzz about the room i mean there was the atmosphere was was almost like electric you know it was yeah, it was exciting You didn't know what was going to come up and you were, I was actually really uh, excited about hearing what the recommendations were. There were 23 recommendations on the digital world and there were 21 recommendations. uh, And I alluded to some of those recommendations uh, on my introduction. What were some of the sort of key takeaway points you experienced uh, on the, on the event on the Sunday?
1: Yeah, totally agree. The Sunday event was so exciting. And there again, you know, what what I loved about it is I, I got very invested in the recommendations that were being made by the one of the last room I was in. You know, I heard these this group of citizens of about maybe 15 people discussing um, an issue around the central topic of learning mobility. And I was dying to find out, you know, what they were going to bring to the this Sunday session, the plenary session, where what they said had to be voted on by everybody else. And I was even interested in like who was going to go forward from that group to be the spokesperson. So I really felt as though I had a vested interest in the whole Sunday proceedings after listening to this panel discuss various things the previous day. Yeah, and it was great. And also, I think it was great that the um, everybody got a chance to, to have their say as well about what they thought about the whole process, which was wonderful because people were very honest on the Sunday, I think. And some important issues were brought up and answered as best as people could. So and also, you know, a chance for how they can do these better. So the whole Sunday, yes, definitely was such a buzz
0: for sure. And it's great to see these types of discussions, these types of events taking place because citizens' panels are not new here in Ireland. You know, it was interesting to hear from some of our colleagues in other parts of Europe actually reflect on that. I remember talking to Mark from, from Holland, actually, uh, and myself and Mark were having a conversation about, about citizens' panels. And Mark was saying to me uh, that, that citizens' panels have been operating in Ireland for for quite some time. And this is a, is, is a rather new development now in Europe. In, in, the, in the wider Europe, I mean, with, with with the citizens' panels. And I think it gives people that opportunity to get involved. But it's great to see these panels coming together. It's great to see people having this opportunity to share uh, and to create something that's going to have a meaningful legacy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was amazing to hear the, the, the people that we, the commission sources that we spoke to as well, saying that that, that Ireland was so far ahead in relation to these citizens' assemblies. And that the model was taken and then brought into Europe for the rest of Europe and how they also spoke about the big conference they had on the future of Europe that was took place in 2021-22 and how they brought the model from Ireland into that. And now that is part of the norm. And that's what these citizen panels grew from, let's say. Uh, and that's phenomenal to hear that. Our little island can have such an impact
0: and i think we're only going to see more of these i think it's going to be one of the things that i picked up at least that the president i think of the eu was keen to ensure that the citizens panels Continue beyond, you know, the the ones which have just taken place, which were three in total. It's going to be interesting to see now what the next round of citizens' panels uh, pick up on, and some of the recommendations that are also put forward. But just before we finish up, Dolores, do you have any sort of two or three key recommendations that you picked up in the uh, in the recommendations that you would like to share? That you thought, um, I think the one that that Elliot actually from Ireland, uh, his group uh, came up with, was the whole focus around an. EU program to promote hybrid learning uh, mobility models for employees. I thought that was a a really interesting one as well. But was there any recommendation that you thought was particularly applicable?
1: Well, like what I definitely something that I did you know notice was, and I thought it was fascinating. I suppose to to hear, and it's probably going back to the Saturday where I heard someone say, "Well, that would not work in my country," and they were. You know, it was the fascination of realizing, well, this is actually working well in our country. So for me, I think it's the whole thing of sharing ideas that's at the core of this as well. You know, the fact that and I as a, I I know, I was speaking to one of my colleagues as well about the fact that workplace wellness is so big in Ireland. And she was saying we have none of that in our country, none of it. And it was it was amazing for because it's so big in Ireland that I would have thought it was so big in every other country. So I think that's great that we can learn from each other. And the fact that these people were in a room together and that these proposals and recommendations, whichever part of it we pick, will actually be part and brought forward to the next stage for other for the for the next level of decision makers to look at. That's the piece I took away, how interesting, how interesting it is to realise that we might think we're all the same, but we do things so differently in each of the countries and that we learn from each other and that we can learn from each other and take that to take the best of what we see that suits us work with
0: that yeah and i think a huge output from my uh, time on the citizens panel trips will be the collaboration side of things as well the ability to now you know follow up on those connections that you've made with people from different countries whether it's holland whether it's austria whether it's germany Um, and we had some fantastic experiences throughout the trip where we had that opportunity to, and we had that downtime, which was really nice to be able to explore those networking opportunities. So I think that's something that is so important, no matter what business you're in, no matter where you're located, don't ever feel that you're alone, that you're isolated. Um, There's always something that you have to add for that you have to contribute to make our society a better place for everyone. And it's great to see that people are having that opportunity to have their voices heard at the Citizens Panel. And we must get you back on, Dolores, for another conversation uh, around the wellness side of things and the employee well-being, which is so so important, and it's interesting to see in your in your comments there a couple of moments ago that yes, this is something that's really big here in Ireland, and sometimes we may take these things for granted that it's just part of our our, our working environment where you know our our, our colleagues uh, or our friends in other parts of, of, of Europe may not have these uh, systems and these procedures, these structures in place uh, to 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 focus on the employee well-being side of things, so because it is, it is a critical, critical element.
1: Oh gosh, absolutely. And I ran a, a webinar in conjunction with IBEC last Friday morning. I ended up running it from the foyer of the hotel in Brussels. And you know, the conflict, the topic I was talking about was developing confidence in the workplace. And really, I found that even yesterday, people saw that the topic, what the topic was and were asking me, could they have the recording? It's just, I think around that whole realizing that confidence is such it's such an important topic at the moment. And I really think that topic that I chose for this particular um, webinar I did last Friday it was so important. And I didn't actually realize that, you know, I think the whole topic around confidence is so important at the moment. And people are really striving for tangible ways to, and especially employers were contacting me for their employees like that. Could they get their employees onto this? Because at the end of the day, when the employees feel, again, going back to that sense of they feel they belong in the workforce and they know that their employers aren't just ticking a box in relation to their wellness, which I think is a huge part of it. They're actually giving them tangible tools by allowing them time to go on webinars like mine, plenty of other ones as well, you know, giving them a tool to develop confidence in themselves. You know, that will, you know, obviously for the whole company, it's going to help the bottom line as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been fantastic, Dolores, to Uh, have a recap on our our trip to brussels Um, we're definitely going to follow up on these conversations a little bit more i know you and i were pushing out a lot of social media content over the weekend there were reels um there were lots of different um posts being posted across social media platforms to make people more aware of what's happening and also to highlight the existence of the citizens panel and for people to keep an eye out if you do get this opportunity uh, to participate in something like this it is absolutely a fantastic experience yes there is a bit of a time commitment on your end but you know what what you take away from that experience and the connections uh, and the friends that you develop are, are, are going to be uh, so, so valuable uh, as you uh, move forward. So once again, Dolores, thanks so much for, for taking some time out today to, to have a conversation with me um, about our recent trip to Brussels. Now, what I want to do now is uh, I took the opportunity while I was in Brussels to have a quick conversation with one of the EU representatives to find out a little bit more about what the Citizens Panel is all about and its objectives.
2: Well, the European Citizens Panels are a randomly selected citizen assembly. So this is a format that has existed for a long time now at local level, at national level. I think you have a few experiences in in Ireland. Um, and now we are, uh, since a few years now, testing it also at the pan-European level. So with uh, not only uh, citizens from diverse uh, socioeconomic background, age, gender, etc., but also coming from different member states or different languages um, and getting together um, to uh, discuss, um, in this case, a policy proposal of the European Commission, a topic linked to a policy proposal of the Commission, and making recommendations for the Commission to take into account while preparing these proposals. The the European citizens' panels were born and tested at a large scale uh, during the conference on the future of Europe. And when the conference concluded, um, in the communication that the Commission published on the follow-up and also during her State of the Union speech, the President of the Commission said that she thought this was a very interesting format and that she wanted this to remain in our policy making process so now we are not only doing them but we are embedding them in fact in the policy making process so every year for two or three key uh, proposals of the Commission there will be a citizens panels before it is uh, tabled to, to the College of Commissioners basically.
0: Fantastic, now I was here last week for the citizens panel on the virtual worlds and there were 23 recommendations and some really important recommendations some great input from the citizens so it's really the citizens are spending some great time coming up with these recommendations working together cooperating together and today i think we have 21 recommendations in total so it's fantastic to see uh, those recommendations being put forward Uh, and those recommendations then will be considered
2: of course uh, first of all i agree with you that it's very impressive always to see the results of these panels because most of them arrive with almost no knowledge of the topic, no knowledge of EU affairs or even public affairs in general you know most of them have not participated in this kind of event before and the magic operates every time uh, we see I mean it it, we need time so this is why we have three weekends to do that Um, and uh, the deliberations because also of the richness of the diversity of the people I think and the peaceful dialogue that the facilitators manage to create they always come up with interesting recommendations so that would be my first point, point. and then what do we do with them? Um, so now, of course, the European Commission um, is uh, needs a little bit of time to analyze it and digest it. Uh, but probably uh, already today, there will be some tracks already identified on what what you know in terms of takeaway and and the feeling about these recommendations. Um, but then now, the Commission will analyze it. Uh, the the services that is drafting the proposal uh, for the Commission will take them into account while drafting it as a source of ideas, if you want. Uh, And then we will write a a citizen's report, so with uh, explaining a bit what it was, how they arrived to these recommendations, uh, and the recommendations themselves, and it will be annexed to the proposal when it goes to the College of Commissioners, when they discuss it. So it's completely new, it's never been done before, Um, And so we really hope to basically bring um, a new, fresh perspective on what the Commission is doing. Um, We we already consult a lot of the stakeholders and of course the public consultation are open to everyone, including the citizens, but the access is a bit more difficult. So by doing it, we really want to bring to the table on the deliberation on EU issues, people who would not necessarily voluntarily go uh, there, but are associated. So a more inclusive way, if you want, of making policies in the EU.
0: And one final thing I've noticed over the past two weekends, there's been a quite diverse group of citizens coming together, a mixture of young and more older uh, individuals coming together to create these recommendations. That's something that's really important so we we get the recommendations of the input from the younger citizens as well as the citizens maybe with a little bit more experience, uh, a little bit older.
2: Yeah, definitely the intergenerational dialogue is is a key element of of the panel but it's, it's even more than that because indeed it's random selection but then we constitute a panel which is representative of diversity and we take into account five criteria. So, one is, uh, is the geographic criteria, of course, which member said, but also if you come from a rural or urban environment, which is a very important element uh, to uh, differentiate you know, the, the, your perspective uh, in society. Um, age, we, we mentioned it, uh, gender, of course, um, and also socioeconomic background and level of education. Um, Because, of course, we realize that those who have access to EU affairs in general are those that maybe are already mobile, multilingual and we really want people to feel that, you know, the EU is for everyone, basically. So, whichever level of education you have, how many languages you speak, you're there, you can speak in your mother tongue and uh, we, of course, invite you and we also provide them an incentive to come to these panels because we know that a lot of them uh, work even during the weekend and that they take time out of their private and professional life.
0: So I also had the opportunity to talk with one of the Irish citizens taking part on the citizens panel. Elliot joined me to talk a little bit about his team's recommendations and what that would mean for citizens across the EU.
3: We had a fairly, we didn't have any particular framework that we were instructed to do, so we tried to come up with one of our own, sort of a hypothetical learning mobility framework. Um, now we already have Erasmus and Erasmus Plus, so we're saying, okay, that's kind of covered. Um, employee exchange, exchange programs between different companies within industries, that's something that kind of already exists. So we proposed was, employees could take, let's say three to six months um, of unpaid leave um, from their job, uh, the employer is obliged to release them and they go uh, work in, uh, in No, Sorry, not work in their industry, study in their industry in another country. They take a course, they do continuous professional development, they recertify or up certify or whatever the correct term would be there. And that could include a work placement as part of a module, but it's administered through the educators, so the universities, colleges, vocational, apprentice training programs, etc. Um so it could be a, a mixture of workplace they're still getting hands-on experience if they need it it's designed around the needs of their of their job or their industry and uh, their living expenses to be paid for you know they get the, the accommodation the transport and so on is paid for by the EU and also they get a subvention or a, a, a you know a, a living expenses payment from an EU fund so their employers Motivate, or is not, is not on the hook for six months of wages for an employee who's gone, which for an SME would be difficult. That was broadly speaking what we were... What now, we there's
0: were a series about. of recommendations today. I'm not sure how many there is. I was here last 21. week and there was 21. There's 20, there was 23 last week. So lots of really good recommendations yeah. that can have a huge impact for people right across Europe. And the Citizens Panel is a relatively new initiative, I understand. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved in the Citizens Panel? How did it come about?
3: They select people. Um, I don't know if it's at random or if it, they have to try and... Obviously, they need to represent every member state. They need to represent you know, men and women. They need to represent Diversity in the usual ways, but I don't know how they select by industry. Um, I suspect I might have been on a list because I did some teaching and <coughs> some lecturing in the past, so I might have been on a, a list for that. But I was just called and asked, Was I able to attend and would I attend? And I, that seems to be the, the general case. Um, this is the third citizen panel, um, and I think the idea of it is like they're trying to develop policy, and this is like the very 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 early stages of whatever this might be and they're trying to just get it, it's more of a brainstorming session than a than a then we're not we're not trying to write policy so the, the recommendations are just to codify the sort of suggestions and um, they haven't been through legal then um, you know they haven't been through the legal department as far as we where experts do look at them and make little suggestions but i think it's just the case of this is the, this is the brainstorm this is mind you know mind dump throw everything at the wall and see what we can come up with as groups and It's the creative kind of idea stage, I think. And then some of that might end up in policy in a few years or we don't know.
0: And of course, there's fantastic opportunity for people to come together. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are citizens from right across the EU and I'm already seeing friendships uh, starting to develop and no doubt these friendships will go on for many, many years to come. Mm -hmm. So would you uh, recommend that this is something that if people do get the opportunity to participate in, absolutely
3: take that opportunity up? I can't recommend it enough. I've made lifelong friends here already and everyone is friendly with everyone. Even when there's disagreements there, there's an incredible amount of respect. You're seeing like, uh, it's not so much an EU thing, you're just seeing sort of pan-European solidarity. It's not necessarily connected to the EC or the EU as institutions. It's people being sound to each other, as we would say. You know, um, absolutely, I wasn't gonna do it. I, I actually was, you know, I, I was recommending a friend to do it and he was outside the age limit. He was a year too old, so they threw it back to me. And uh, he works in the same industry, so he was, you know, he could have done it if he was a year younger. And then I said, well, when am I going to get a chance to see Brussels and see actually inside these buildings and these big glass towers, which are so imposing? See what actually happens inside. And not that we've seen the EC in action, but we've seen, we've gotten a, a taste of even the atmosphere, which is really um, interesting.
0: What a fantastic episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast and I have to say I really enjoyed my time spent in Brussels over the past two weekends, learning a little bit more about the EU citizens panels, how they work, but also seeing them in action firsthand and hearing the recommendations being put forward for the virtual world and also the recommendations for the learning mobility citizens panel, which took place last weekend. Now, it was also fantastic to hear from the EU. EU representative, uh, telling me and telling us a little bit more about the Citizens Panel, how the idea came about, some of the mechanics of it, but also the impact that it can have for and on people right across Europe. And it was fantastic also to hear from Elliot, uh, one of the citizens of Ireland, taking part in the Citizens Panel. And it's my hope uh, that this may have piqued your interest in learning a little bit more about what the Citizens Panel is all about and how you might be able to get involved. So I hope you found this episode of the podcast helpful, interesting, and insightful. And as always, if there's something that you would like me to cover in an upcoming episode of the Zero Lives Left podcast, please feel free to reach out and get in touch. I'm always looking for people to have conversations with. So if you've got a story, if there's something that you'd like to talk about, please do reach out and get in touch. Drop by the Zero Lives Left podcasting website and get in touch with me. I'd love to have a conversation with you and get your story heard by our listeners on this podcast. Don't forget, as always, I'm going to be coming back very soon with episode 61 of the Zero Lives Left podcast and I'll see you next time around. Thanks for listening to the Zero Lives Left podcast with Wayne Denner. Make sure to check out Wayne's new book, The Student's Guide to an Epic Online Reputation, available from
3: waynedenner.com. and follow him on Twitter at Wayne Denner. Tune in next time.